Our devotion today is taken from John chapter 16, beginning with verse 5. And Jesus says to his disciples, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Years ago, a friend of mine who was a pastor was telling me about an incident he had where he had been talking to a man who was a delinquent member who wasn't coming to church very much. And he was sitting down to talk to him about this and encouraging him to come back to church. And the man finally said to him in kind of an angry tone, you know, I like to go out fishing on Sunday mornings and I can worship God sitting in my boat trying to catch fish and looking at the beauty of his creation and the birds and trees and everything. And I said to my friend, how did you respond? He said, I said to him, has God ever promised to come to you through the trees and the birds or fishing? Has he ever promised you the forgiveness of sins and salvation coming to you while sitting in your boat? (laughs) We sometimes have to think to ourselves, where do we go to meet God? Where do we go to find Christ? Well, Jesus speaks to us about that in our text for today. I remember when I was a child and even into high school, I used to think, why didn't Jesus just stay around here on earth for a while? Why did he only stay on earth uh, after his resurrection and before his ascension for only 40 days? Why didn't he stay 40 years or 400 years? I used to think, think how easy it would be to convert somebody to believing in Christ if they could walk up and talk to him and touch his hands and to actually see that he had risen again from the dead. But Jesus explains something to us in our text that may be a little surprising. He says that if he had stayed in the earth, on the earth, uh, this would not have allowed the Holy Spirit to come in the marvelous way that he would at Pentecost and do the tremendous work through the disciples of bringing others to faith. So as odd as it may sound to how we think, Jesus is saying it's to our advantage that he's gone to heaven, that he's ascended to heaven, so that the Holy Spirit could now come and work among us the way he does. I'm gonna read you something from a Dr. Paul Kretzman. He says, we Christians of the present time have more benefit from the work of the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, than the disciples had of the personal visible presence of the Lord when he lived among them in the form of a servant. So we have to ask ourselves, how is it then that Christ can be present among us? How does he, how do, where does he tell us to look for him? Well, listen to some of these passages. Jesus says to those who preach his word, he who hears you, hears me. He also says of those who gather to worship around his word, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. St. Paul tells us when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ and clothed with Christ. Jesus says when we take the Lord's Supper, we receive his very body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Now the world might look at this and we might be tempted too to look at this and say, well, that's all good, but it's sure not very exciting. We'd like to think of God coming with a little more power and pizzazz and a little more glamor something that's maybe a little more exciting to our senses. 
But so often this is the way God operates in very lowly means. Think about how he sent his son into the world. He was born to a a lowly carpenter and his wife in a barn, never owned any property. He died a criminal's death. And yet through that very act, that lowly act, God paid for every one of your sins. He has given you the holiness that you need to be able to get to heaven someday. So the way God comes to us in our worship may at times seem kind of insignificant to the world, but Jesus tells us it has eternal significance because of God's command and promise. Martin Luther once said, if God asked me to go out into a cornfield and pick an ear of corn to get his forgiveness, I better do it. And that's not what God has told us to do. But he has told us to find him and to seek his grace in some places that the world might think are rather insignificant. But just think, someday when we get to heaven, looking back on our baptism, on the celebration of the Lord's Supper, our times of worship, our times of hearing the Word of God, think how significant those are gonna seem when we're finally in our eternal home. Amen. Let's have a prayer as we close. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your precious means of grace by which you give us the knowledge of our Savior and refresh us in, our, in the forgiveness of our sins and keep us strong in our faith. We pray that you would give us hearts of faith to always cherish and appreciate the ways you come to us. And we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit into our hearts. And we pray that you would sustain us in this faith until our final day. We ask it all in our Savior's name. Amen. May God truly bless your day.